Lasso last night. Have you watched that yet? No, I have no idea what that is. Were you guys actually going with that? Was that the start of it? Oh, that's what I wanted to start with. <laughs> was I was so start. excited about Ted yeah. Lasso. Well, that's a, dude, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were... <laughs> He's like, dude, shut I up and do the like, podcast. Okay, let's start. Like, let's... No, this is this is okay. this is even better at least. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. We should keep this. Don't edit this out. That we said keep this. Yes, the show is starting. <laughs> this is it. This yep. is the yeah, marketing this is podcast. The show. This is what you I signed just up spent for. Spent ten minutes about. Yeah. Apple now, TV. welcome to affiliated the yeah. podcast. That's our new imaging we're working on. Okay, like that. So, first, Tom, it's great to see your face today. We should say the same, Kyle. Yeah, I know. It's never. No one's ever said that. But you have a haircut this time, which is good. So it's it's a little bit a little bit better, a little less homeless, as I was told many times. But today we're going to be talking about as we talk about imaging, transitioning, talking about branding and building your brand. So that's going to be the big focus today. And I think there's going to be some exciting things. We want to break through the wall of misconceptions and also share some really effective strategies um, that we've heard and seen um, that I think could really change your business so you could build your brand with affiliates. First feeling you have to avoid them, right? Yeah, they're not as scary as people think they are. Yeah, 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 no no scary (laughs) affiliates here. Uh, So yeah, let's kind of jump into that. And um, I think the biggest thing here as we talk about it is a lot of, uh, oftentimes I hear people and meet, you know, offer owners or, or business owners and, and they have, they're like, I can't build my product or use affiliates because I'm branded. I want to oh, be right. Apple. Yeah. I want to be Nike. I want to be whatever, right? We have a high quality, high end brand. Affiliates are just going to ruin it, which is totally untrue. So, I it's mean, untrue. is that something you run into? Yeah. Well, there's the other side of the coin too, which is, oh, we do affiliates and they have like a really crappy affiliate program, <laughs> right? And it maybe makes like five to 10% of their customer acquisition channels affiliates, just like refer a friend stuff or really low hanging fruit affiliates. So yeah, I think tackling both of those, but a hundred percent, you know, we talk with big e-com brands on the phone who want to get into affiliates or they are scared to get into affiliates, but it's, it's a big question mark for them, right? They don't want to expose their brand to an unknown marketing entity, which is affiliates. They want to control everything in house. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's this idea of this scary affiliate's going to go do something and, and ruin or tarnish your brand, which should be fair. When we talk about brands, there's a lot of time and effort and money into building something yeah. like that. This is a brand is a baby and an offer is just an offer, right? Sometimes, you know, you really care about this. It tends to include some blood, sweat and tears and passion. Um, so we understand where people get protective, but to be honest, brands could be incredibly accelerated. And I would even argue without affiliates, you won't be as successful um, mm-hmm. as we kind of define some of the affiliate strategies that, that we want to get into. Yeah, my, my gut check is just like, if your affiliate revenue or customer acquisition, whatever percentage you're looking at is less than 30% of your overall, you're probably leaving a lot on the table, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and because we're on the eve of Thanksgiving, we're all about putting things on the table. We want more on the <laughs> table, right? <laughs> um, so let's kind of talk about the misconception first. I think that's a big one, right? Like we got to break through those misconceptions. So what are the common misconceptions you hear and see from people when they're talking about, no, thanks, I don't want to use affiliates or I have, you know, kind of the bad yeah, things just highlighted. Diamond affiliates are scammy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, affiliate marketing in general, right, has a negative connotation to it in a lot of circles, right? They're going to send bad traffic. They're going to do some scammy stuff. Right? Scammy could mean all kinds of different things, right? But they're going to misrepresent the product, the offer, what the brand, right, whatever it might be to the potential buyer. Um, and worst case scenario, they do something that damages it from a PR level, right? And just goes way out of whack. But I think the 
affiliates are scammy. I don't want to work with them and just avoid that headache is the biggest complaint I hear. Yeah, yeah, and what's that's I would agree with you. It's that idea that there's some bad players that are going to ruin it for for your brand. You know, get a domain blacklisted somewhere, and and you just don't want any part of that because it is reversing that takes a ton of time and effort, and sometimes that damage can be irreparable. And I don't want to say that doesn't exist, but at the same time, that's a really small portion. There's yeah. tons of affiliates out there. So um, let's actually talk about then how understanding that's a big fear one it's it's not true and how do you go around and selecting those affiliates because really what you're talking about when people have that conception is a mismatch of what your offer is and where it is and what affiliates you have promoting and you need to make sure that those are lined up um, and incongruent so um, I, I actually just had a conversation with somebody yesterday about this and I like to define affiliates in kind of four broad categories you have performance affiliates which especially at Clickbank we deal with a lot of kind of the performance direct response affiliates you have um, what I call content affiliates. So that's going to be um, just people that are creating content, your content, your thought leaders, those kinds of individuals. The bloggers, the YouTubers, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then um, then we have, I'm just called black hat affiliates. Those are the ones that I think people are afraid of. And there's honestly, there are offers that fit for that type of affiliate. And they're not just sitting there disparaging it, but understand that that's a type of affiliate. And the last one I do kind of just define as like the influencer, right? There's yeah. that broad influencer that's on Instagram taking pretty pictures, whatever that might be. Right, they um, might dovetail or kind of Venn diagram over a content affiliate, right? And yeah. I'd say too, performance affiliates can go into some gray hat tactics or something like that, right? And often that's usually around the tech they're using where they need to get around some sort of gateway, mm -hmm. right? Based on the tech they're using, but it's not outward black hat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but those, those. I mean, obviously, I, would, I think I that's agree. a pretty good category yeah. thing. That's that's my general assumption. But I, I, I would throw one more in there. Yeah, please and do. Just call it the newbie affiliate. Mm, right? The newbies. The newbie affiliate. They don't know what they're doing necessarily. They've been told to do something a certain way. They might do something black hat or unintentionally, not even realizing it's black hat. Right. It's, um, and they could fall into any of those categories. But it's just that, I think they're a unique segment. Right. And it's. Yeah, just worth noting that there's a lot of new people out there looking to make a buck online. And yeah, it's... It's it, important to know how to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so the point of identifying these categories is we talked in misconceptions, oh, their affiliates are going to ruin my brand. It really depends on what type of affiliates yeah. you're talking to. So I think for branded offers, each one of those, probably except for the black hat, can work for you, it, even the newbie category. But it's how do you go about addressing it? So I think one of the things um, to step back, we're going to go in and talk about what, what we both feel um, are good affiliates and how to be successful in each of those categories. Beforehand, I think we should just talk about what it takes to build a brand. Very high level. We're not going to go too in-depth in <laughs> yeah. brand build. I don't think you and I are like brand experts by any means. Um, but I think oftentimes it's good to define, okay, when you're building a brand, what does that look like and what does that mean? So what does it mean yeah, to you? Because you're kind of, I assume you're comparing it to like an offer, right? Mm -hmm. Like brand versus offer and what we mean here, right? An offer is what the affiliate is actually promoting, right? Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> well, know, yeah, yeah. So I think it, you have an offer that not fits a into a brand. Yep. It's not a, like they are customers buying a product, but the offer is what the affiliates actually promoting the customers buying, right? Not necessarily the product itself or the brand itself, right? So, um, so yeah, we're going to break down the difference between an offer and what a brand is. So, yeah, and I was going to—that's a great segue. That I think the biggest thing is you don't technically sell a brand, right? People buy a product and are exposed to a brand. Oftentimes, yeah. now, brand marketing does a lot to create awareness about yes. a brand. So then that could drive some product buying decisions, increase conversions over time. But ultimately, Apple wasn't built by a symbol. 
It was mm -hmm. built by products, products yeah. that people wanted and served a need. And then from that, a brand was developed. So and some really cool ad campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> some pretty good ones. I yeah, think they had yeah. some good ones over the years. Yeah. Uh, but but that's, that's an important distinction to make because oftentimes people talk about a brand like people are selling a brand or they try and sell a brand to somebody that doesn't know who they are. And it creates a real problem, which is actually where affiliates yeah, could right. play if, a Yeah, really if I'm nice an affiliate, role. I'm not going to go promote gosh, let's use Apple again, right? Like my promotion to an offer on Apple is gonna be Apple, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, like, and now if there's enough marketing around a brand, it could be that in theory, but likely not, right? I'm gonna be promoting the iPhone 7 specifically, right? And it's gonna be bundled with a data package and bundled with this like streaming service, like Apple TV, like we might've accidentally plugged at the beginning of this intro reel, and, <laughs> right? Like this bundled thing is the offer I'm promoting, not Apple. Right. So yeah. it's like <laughs> the brand. And click below to see our affiliate link for Apple oriented products. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not this. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. Like if you're a brand, you can still make an offer for affiliates to promote. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not going to necessarily, or it shouldn't ever hurt your brand. If anything, it should help because it's getting you more exposure to channels and to customers you wouldn't typically do, or it's going to drive home a conversion for someone that has been exposed to your branding. Right. And now they're going to see an offer that, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that or I remember hearing that radio or advertisement or their billboard. And, oh, yeah, I want that. Right. Yeah. 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 I think people forget that a lot of what happens to the brand isn't necessarily as much on the front end as much as it is in the back end. Yeah. Right. Because they have an offer and a brand's ability to deliver on that experience post purchase is what really starts to build that brand. So mm -hmm. I think that's really important when you're building the brand. People talk about the concern. I understand there's some outside factors. We'll get into that. But it really starts more in that that back end process where are you delivering what you say you're going to deliver? If you have this brand image, for example, I'm trying like I'm sitting here blanking on a brand, but um, <laughs> let's even talk about Organifi, right? That's a, yeah. that's a really well established brand that started and used direct response. Um, they might have had some aggressive copy and sales things to acquire customers through a product, but this brand of holistic health, of simple solutions, to take juicing, that's to taking, make it accessible yeah. to everybody. They deliver on that over and over and over again, not just with one product, but all of their products in health through a scoop, right? Yeah. Like that's that's something that they're they're creating. Um, and, and a lot of that, like I said, is, is really done after you buy. Um, and that's how they could still use affiliates so successfully to promote and expand and scale their brand well. Yeah, seeing what Organifi or something like numerology does with their customer once they acquire them, to me, it's a lot different than what a typical like offer creator does. Right, which might be just hammer them with more offers. Right, Organifi is really good at ascending and bringing bringing people into their quote unquote tribe. Right, and kind of just building this like virality around their product and that get that network effect from their customers, which I think has been a big key of their brand building. Yeah, yeah. So as we talk about then we understand that a lot of that brand building isn't just oh I can't promote it because they don't they're not a brand company. Right, like it's an access to customers. We know what happens in the back end. Let's talk a little about how brands could successfully use affiliates. So um, I think one of the big ones too is it's really about finding the right affiliates for you. Oftentimes people look at performance affiliates or think affiliate marketing is anyone that will promote the offer, which isn't always <laughs> necessarily the case, yeah. especially depending on your offer. So I know there's a lot to unbake there, uh, not unbake, sorry, <laughs> who unbakes? <laughs> no one unbakes anything, sorry, um, but break down there. But yeah, tell. Tell me a little about what you're thinking about. You're when trying it comes to say to unpack. Yes, unpack, and it came out unbaked. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, I have pie on the mind no, with Thanksgiving. It's, it's yeah. Thanksgiving week. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so like, right? I, I've I've been perusing a lot of forums lately, and 
people like asking like, oh, is share a sale, is click junction, is rack, like all these kind of like, um, are these good affiliate programs for my Shopify store or something, right? And a lot of the feedback people put out there is like, oh, there's a lot of coupon affiliates, right? There's a lot of low hanging fruit affiliates, right? Like you still have to do a lot of your own affiliate work. Um, and I think that's true for any network. I don't think you should rely ever rely on a network to find the right affiliate. You kind of need to do that yourself or have a team that does that. And a network should get you more exposure and branding, right, for your offer that you're putting in front. But I think like finding the right affiliate really boils down to who is overlapping with your core target market and uh, customer or you know ideal customer acquisition, um, and really aligning right. If that happens to be influencer or content or performance, it's probably all of them in theory, and it's just being able to target them and really sell to those affiliates why they should promote your offer and why it's good for their audience or good for their wallets, depending on whichever is the most motivating factor for that affiliate. But I think too, it's like, gosh, I, I think a lot of uh, e-com brands, right, kind of shoot themselves in the foot with affiliate marketing by not having a true affiliate offer. They just have e-com product landers that can be decent for a warm audience, but are not designed for cold traffic that you get from affiliates. So would you, I think that might be good to, drill on if you want to highlight what we mean by cold traffic because everyone thinks they have warm traffic but (laughs) yeah right right yeah Yeah. warm warm relative they're buyers right but buyers of what and at what point so and and that's good but i was going to say a lot of it really depends on knowing where your affiliates are at Mm -hmm. and where your offer and marketing currently is so let's use the e-com brand as an example so if i have you know a standard e-com page what we mean by that is you have a product you have a cta normally to the right or left and a little bit of generic copy that's very benefit or feature focused. And that's to say that's not a skill and can't convert, but because of that, there's an assumption of need or education prior to them landing that point. So say um, we use this example when we were talking earlier, I talked to somebody, they had a gut health product. Yeah, Their headline wasn't a bad headline, but it literally said, for do you want to improve your gut health, right? That was the lead <laughs> into it. And Which I, like, I can see why someone would make that copy thinking mm-hmm. it's targeting and disqualifying, right? That doesn't yeah. scream bad copy, but yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, it's not bad copy, but what that has to assume is I need affiliates or traffic that has an understanding education of gut health. Yes. Um, if it is is somebody that's like, hey, I want to lose weight or hey, like my stomach hurts, right? Yeah. I might not have any clue what gut health is. I just know my stomach doesn't feel good. Right, you've narrowed the potential buyer for that product Mm -hmm. to a degree that it's probably not gonna convert very well for anyone that's not already exposed to your brand. Exactly, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So you need to kind of know that where is the point that my consumer needs to be. So if you understand that from your marketing pitch and your sales page, I know that, hey, I need people that have gut health education. I now want to go and find affiliates that are educating their consumers about gut health. So they become that content source. Now, content affiliates are really, really intelligent for me. I yeah. need to go find some very strategic um, content marketers that are affiliates out there that are going out and creating the content I need. And now it could be at that inflection point for a buyer decision. And my conversions are gonna be a lot higher. And all of a sudden those affiliates make a ton of sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, same with influencers and, and, and you yep. know, kind of that the people that are giving that education. So I think that's just that it's that matching, right? Let's pair these two up together and make sure that's successful. So Yeah, that's true. I see a lot of, you know, the e com brands, quote unquote, with like less aggressive from a let's get a sale today standpoint, leverage affiliates or leverage influencers and content affiliates to a higher degree than performance affiliates. Right, which I think puts a cap on their earning potential or their scale potential. Because I think performance affiliates can really scale bigger right than a content or an influencer right now there's all there's caveats to that if you get a 
major influencer or like a huge content producer promoting you long term. But yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're very right. It becomes a challenge because to get somebody to go get Joe Rogan or JJ version or a huge thought leader to promote your product, there's probably going to be a lot of cost to that. Um, it's not like everybody could do it because everybody wants to do it. Um, so you're really banking on what is a bit of a moonshot, right? Like that can make your business um, if you're ready for that. Um, but it's almost like asking to get on Shark Tank and hope that's gonna make your business. Yeah, it's great exposure, but not everybody gets that. Yeah. Um, not always an effective business strategy. I hope to get on Shark Tank, yeah. you know? Um, so it's, it's a similar thing where you're right, it's, it still could be very effective. And I think from, if, if you're just dipping your toe into affiliate marketing, you have an e-com brand, it's a smart strategy to get five, six strategic partners that fit that need. Um, but but performance markers are really gonna start scaling. Let's talk about what that is when we mention cold traffic. Cause we said with the content marketers, they've engaged with these individuals. They've been ev educated to the point that their purchase makes sense for you. Um, cold traffic are people that have no education at that point. They have a problem, right? Like, like I said before, um, we'll go along with gut health. Um, and one of really our, our best offers on our platform um, around constipation. Um, yeah. So if I'm constipated, I know that I'm struggling to poop, but that's pretty much all I might know yeah. is I don't like it and I'd like to poop, but I can't. Um, so on a long form sales page, what we see from performance markers is they have a sales page that's gonna start with that very broad pain point. It's going to interest them, educate them, inform them, and then convert and sell right, them and sell close them closing, all yeah. in one sales page. And um, what some people think is aggressive, it doesn't have to be, it's just a structure yeah. of doing what is happening outside of that one sales page in like a content marketing space or an e-com space. It's doing it all in one page versus what might be three to five points of co you know connection with an offer or content. Um, so, but yeah, that, talk a little bit about why that change is so important and what that does when you start dealing with performance markers and, and affiliates. Yeah, well, I'd say, I'd say, so a per performance affiliate is looking to make money now, right? Um, a content affiliate might be putting content out there that's evergreen, it's on YouTube, it's on their blog, it's somewhere out there on social media, it's gonna generate clicks for the lifetime of that content, right? Which could be years. Um, same with the influencer, right? The influencers usually a little less concerned about making a bunch of money now. They might, they might want like a, <clears throat> excuse me, like a sponsored post. Um, or something like that. Like they want, might want money up front, um, almost like you're gonna pay for CPMs instead of gonna pay for sales. Performance affiliates really want commission now, right? Um, or see it now, right? They wanna see how it's converting, how it's boosting right now because they're, they're promoting other offers compared to yours, right? It's not just oh yeah, this is a cool product, I'll plug it like in my Instagram post or I'll write some content around it and do a video on it or something like that that's gonna be out there. They're really looking at it. I'm mailing out seven offers this week, right? And then I'm gonna compare all of them. <laughs> Which one paid me the most? Which one paid me the least, right? I'll cut the bottom three and move on and um, bring in three more to test on the bottom and then rinse and repeat, right? So you wanna be on par with other offers that they're promoting. And that's where you really need to do that structure you highlighted, right? You need to disqualify, qualify, bring them down the sales page and then close in that moment, which again, like there's no navigation headers on these sales pages. It's not like a branded store that you can go bunch and add to cart and then leave and get retargeted and come back. The whole point is to read through this content or watch this video sales letter and qualify those people and get that sale today. Right. And now obviously there's some retargeting, getting it later in there, come back to that page and things like it, but it's really about 
driving conversions in that immediate sending period for that affiliate. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the advantages of that, and said beautifully, right? Like it's just, you, they need that money now and that performance now. It's precision performance marketing, yeah. right? So, um, but one of the advantages of that is where a blog or a content marketer, they're gonna put up some content, they're volume producing, their ability to check and see, you know, maybe it does well, maybe it doesn't, mm, you know, they're gonna keep moving on. Performance marketers could drive so much traffic so fast and acquire customers immediately, um, which makes it such a powerful source to scaling, but you have to make sure that your offer pairs for it. And then that's the important thing. If, if you're not doing that on a sales page and you send that to that audience and that list, um, you're not going to compete very well against the ones that are doing that and they're not going to run your offer. It's not going to succeed and you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth. So I think it's just, again, understanding what each affiliate needs and where they're at from a marketing perspective, which can be done very brand oriented. Like that's, let's say totally too, they, don't have to do. to work, they don't have to all work together, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a unique domain where performance marketers or performance affiliates are sending traffic to that's like, you know, shop.brand.com instead of brand.com, right? Yep. And the, your, all your e-com sites. But what I've seen too, what I really love is that when people embrace a performance marketing perspective and make some converting landing pages for that, again, it's not it's not to be crazy aggressive claims like the ET wraps offer I talk mm-hmm. about all the time. I love, right? It's a very structured sales page, very pretty short and all things considered for beeswax food wraps, right? And it converts great like for the cold traffic and things like that. Um, but what I love is that when people start seeing how much better these pages convert than their basic e-com pages and then start to have other traffic sources send to those types of pages, it raises the bar and then it raises the tide, so to speak, for all their marketing efforts because now they're better marketers for their own offer and product across the board, not just for their e-com shop. And now their e-com shop becomes a place where like organic traffic hits and things like that. Mm-hmm. But anything more targeted starts to hit these more performance-driven driven pages. Yeah. Cause then you can start targeting pain points and traffic could get colder. I think that's one of the big things yeah. I really always try and emphasize in affiliates with cold traffic are going to allow you to just reach more people. Cause now I don't have to wait for somebody to be at X point. Yeah. I could go find the people that I already know are at that point, but they don't know yet. So right. it's, it's a really powerful tool and device. Um, especially when you have a lot of different products, um, you know, your brand could help a lot of different problems. I think that that becomes a really powerful tool. Um, so that being said, I think, you know, there, there's definitely a way that this can make so much sense and make a lot of money for people and, and really get a bunch of customers. There's a lot of things you need to avoid. I think some tips and things to watch out for, especially when you're communicating with affiliates. I think one of the big one, and I see this often is people don't ask, they don't do two things. They don't ask about the audience, they just say, hey, would, would like basic demos. Oh, do you have a 45 plus year old females? Great. Okay, but how do you communicate with them? How do you communicate with the audience? And they don't actually look at the emails they send out. <laughs> yeah. Look and see how they're like, what are their, what's their voice? Does this sound on brand for you? Does it work for you? It's more like, here's an affiliate that has some sort of asset I don't have that like traffic I'd like to have access to without having any understanding yeah. of what that traffic looks like. Is that a common problem you see? Yeah, I think it's just that bridging that gap of someone who's used to e-com and let's say branded brands or whatever um, is not used to talking performance marketing and maybe not used to seeing what that looks like, right? And, is it, and vice versa, performance marketers aren't used to promoting a branded page and then they're surprised that it doesn't convert well because I've heard it convert so well, and, right? And it's like, oh, that so terrible for me. Um, but I think like, right. What I love to have offer owners do if they're recruiting affiliates is again, like, like you said, ask for the emails, ask what top offers that promoted are, 
right? Hey, what are some of the landers that done well for you? And you might go, oh, this is way more aggressive than I'm willing to be, right? <laughs> you kind of know to the gate that ah, this probably isn't gonna convert on par for you, but that might lead you down a path with that affiliate to go, hey, well, here's a custom page we can do for you, or here's a custom swipe we can do for you that we think will help warm up your traffic, whatever it might be. Or maybe you move away from a performance like pay per sale campaign to more of like a CPM drop with them or something, right? Like, hey, I don't think we're gonna convert on par with these offers, but what if we do a dollar, a guaranteed dollar per click, right? You can start to transition the model of how you're operating to kind of match and still win some traffic and sales that you can retarget later and maybe move towards, yeah, more towards like a CPM if it's not a good fit for like a rev share. Yeah, especially if you know, if, you, if you're a big brand that has a suite of products, right? You want to get people in because you know they're going to buy more. You know you're going to yeah. cross sell. You just need that first purchase. And and that really presents a great opportunity for you to, if you understand the list to broker your deal properly. I think that's a lot of people just assume it's all the same. But if you don't know your affiliate, you don't know their offers, their audience, it, it, there's a good chance that you're going to have a bad experience and they'll have a bad experience 100%. at the same time. So you can't uh, the, over communicate, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just yeah. understanding the questions to ask. I think a big one um, I like to always tell people to do is like how often do they promote to their audience. Mm, that's so a good one. if you have an email traffic individual, if they're, if they're promoting once every single day, potentially twice a day out to their list, that's a very different type of list they're, the offers are probably very different than somebody that sends maybe three sponsored emails a week. And then the rest of the time they're communicating through value and education. Yeah. Um, totally different list, totally different page performance normally um, in terms of how it would be structured. And really, really important for you to know because it's it's going to dictate what you offer next or, or if you've, even it's a good fit depending on where you're at. Oh, so, um, you know, understand that there, there's the qualification process that's super important. But the other piece is there's not only qualifying, but how do you keep a gateway? And I think this is a big thing. People feel, hey, I'm going to put it on a marketplace or I'm going to post it up somewhere and every affiliate in the world is going to grab it. But you and I both know that's not true. So why don't you talk a little about how to protect your band from the wrong affiliates. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, no, so because brands are, people are worried about the unknown, right? If I put this offer on ClickBank or on any other network, it's just exposed to all these affiliates. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing and they could hurt my brand, right? It's that fear-based kind of thing that's stopping them from taking that next step. And the great thing about all of these networks, including ClickBank, is that you can totally gate your offer so not, it's not just wide open, right? What we call it, it's like the, um, it's locked commission tiers, right? So if you have that locked up um, and an affiliate needs to be on one of your commission tiers, you can still be in the marketplace and have your billboard out there and exposed to affiliates and all that. But for them to have a working tracking link to your offer, they have to apply through your lead generation form, which we covered in another episode, right? And that's where they have to actually, you collect their information, you vet them however you need to, and then you approve them to promote and you can move forward from there. And just like we said with the qualifying pieces, you're gonna do all that kind of stuff. And that helps gate it and protect it. And too, like on those, we, we won't go into too much detail because we already covered in another episode, but um, you're gonna disqualify and qualify a lot on that affiliate recruitment page, right? And kind of like, Hey, we don't allow branded key terms for you to search, you know, for you to promote on Google AdWords. We don't allow Facebook ads, right? You can kind of disqualify a lot there in a good way. <laughs> and uh, let um, that way you kind of cut out a lot of the bad actors who aren't even bad actors. They're just people that promote a certain way that you don't want maybe. Um, and you get rid of that off the gate and only work with the people you want to. 
Yeah, and the key takeaway there is that affiliates don't have to be open season, right? I think a lot of so often people feel if I want affiliates, I have to take all the affiliates, but you can decide who shows up to the party and create these walls and barriers to have the conversations to qualify your traffic, qualify your affiliates, and get the right people in. Mm versus the players that you want to avoid, um, which, which again, you can leave open season. That's effective. But for brands, I sure, always yeah. recommend kind of creating that wall. Yeah, the and, con is that it's there's some more friction, right, for an affiliate to sign up and actually get promoting. But if you're at all worried about that branded piece getting tarnished, right, it's very much worth doing and sleeping well at night for, yeah. right? It just might add some more process to the procedures. Yeah, a little bit more front-end work for a yeah. lot lot more, I think, safe revenue. And control. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, which is super powerful. So as we kind of transition to that, I think what really is important, the point that we want to hit home here is the idea of if qualifying those affiliates and finding the right affiliates allows even the, the strongest of brands to be able to scale and use affiliates in their business. It's really right for everybody. There's no one that's I know, not wrong. I was going to ask you, like, I, I – noodle on this quite a bit, but can you think of any business in like the e-com just direct consumer that is a bad fit for affiliates? The only thing I think of that would make you a bad fit for affiliates would be if you had such slim margins, you couldn't offer anything and you didn't have a, a good back. But I guess, yeah, my, I guess my argument there is that that doesn't mean it's a bad fit for affiliates. It just means your business model isn't doesn't have the meat on the bone for it, right? Like the you just op- don't have a good business, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> you have an ugly baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you have bigger problems yeah. um, if you don't have enough margins to offer anything to affiliates. Right, so. but like the product itself might be a good fit for affiliates, right? It's not so much the product itself, or let's say you don't have good margins on the front end to pay an affiliate on a commission, you could still move to the CPM model, right? And it's different at that point. You're going to pay someone for an email drop just for to their list instead of on a percentage basis like an affiliate would. But really, it's two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. Yeah. It's all it's all affiliates, honestly. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It's all affiliates, it's affiliates just because, all the way down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it does, yeah. Regardless of how you pay for it, um, it's still an affiliate. Uh, so, I, unless you, if you didn't have a healthy business, a healthy acquisition-minded business, that's the only time I'd say it doesn't make sense for you. So, um, and that's because you have bigger problems you probably need to address in your business before going out and spending on trying to acquire more yeah. customers. But if you have a healthy acquisition funnel process and a back end that could support that acquisition, you should be using affiliates. And you just need to make sure that you understand where your current marketing, your current offer is, is lining up with the affiliates you want to work with. I think that's key. And just to kind of highlight it, you know, Rakuten and Sharesale, they have some of the largest brands you've ever seen before with Nike, um, Procter & Gamble, right. utilizing affiliates to make money for them. And I mean, these are huge brands. So you, you're never too branded to use affiliates in the right affiliates. Yeah. I mean, Tesla has an affiliate program, for lack of a better term, right? It's a referral program, but referrals are just reskinned affiliate programs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we didn't technically cover the MLM affiliate model, but we won't get into that. Maybe for a different day. <laughs> That's <another. Yeah. laughs> uh, so so uh, just to kind of recap here, though, again, affiliates are right for you, unless your business just isn't right. But if you have a good, healthy acquisition mind business, affiliates fit for you. 
Find where your marketing is. Find where your affiliates are. And I'll tell you what, they're most likely on ClickBank. No, <laughs> no we did produce this. But I think yeah. we're allowed to plug our own. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yes, yes. So it, it, we're, we're a great platform to do that. And with the tools to do it safely, we have great brands that have done it. We have great affiliates that are promoting these products. And, and so the real question yeah. is, if, if you just don't want to make more money or impact more lives in your business, that's fine. You don't need to do yeah, it. What's Dom's favorite question? Do, do you hate money? Yeah, yeah, do you hate money? Why do you hate money? That's yeah. okay. Yeah. I mean, if that's, your, if that's yeah. the case, that's fine. But for all those that don't want more customers, more money, more impact yeah. for the brand of their business, affiliates are the way to go. No, I just no. It's a win-win-win, right? It's a win for you as the business to acquire the customer. It's a win for the affiliate to get paid for doing a service for you. It's one of the customer to get your product, right? Yeah. So it's. I think I'll. You know, if you can operate in the win-win-win business solutions, I think you're always going to come out on top. Awesome. Well, with uh, a win-win-win mindset, the real win-win-win you could do today is subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to comment, review, likes, leave all those things um, to make sure that, that we keep producing those and keep talking and keep changing people's businesses every single day with every single episode. So with that, Thomas, Again, have yeah, a great- happy scaling. Cheers. <laughs> Bye.